When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors. The podcast which reveals everything you need to know about interiors and how to make it all really work for you and your home. I'm Sophie Robinson. And I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And we'd just like to say a huge thank you to John Lewis and Partners for sponsoring this podcast. So you will have heard us in the last episode talking all things Christmas. We had that gorgeous interview with Mr Christmas from John Lewis himself. But decorating the tree, for me, is just what it's all about this time of year. And as we discovered, John Lewis have a huge selection of both trees and baubles from those gorgeous, serene and delicate blush pink and rose gold tones to my personal favourite, the woodland theme decorations. Or you can go for those traditional gold and red. There's basically something for everyone, whatever your style. They've even got a party-themed tree inspired by 80s disco filled with glitter, holographic (laughs) and neon colours. So that's it then. That officially means that tinsel is respectable again. Steady. (laughs) I do know that John Lewis's tinsel is made in Wales, so it doesn't have to travel far. And they've also worked on making it bushier and better made so it will last for years rather than just having to be thrown away after a single use. So there you go, bushy tinsel, coming to Kate Watson Smiles. I didn't say that. Anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Long-term listeners will know there's nothing I like quite so much as teasing Sophie for taking her time when it comes to her own interior design projects. But not this one, because today we're back again in her Bijou Brighton holiday let, where the promised refresh is well and truly underway. In fact, I think it's probably finished, isn't it? So we're going to take you on a little tour. I mean, I can't believe you've done it that fast. No, no, it's, it's very unlike me. So for my own home, it's just taking years and goes at a snail's pace. But because I suppose this is a commercial property, I need to get it ready. We've got people coming to stay we need to get a wiggle on we'll also be talking about applying fashion rules to interiors and dining in and hosting for christmas and of course a couple of good old design (laughs) crimes maybe just one (laughs) now talk me through this it's not black anymore. I know. Well, that's the big um, headline, isn't it? Gone is the black and in with the green and this what what colour would you call this actually? Would you call it? I think it's greener than teal. I was thinking teal of being quite blue but it's a bit bluer than emerald, isn't it? But basically, it's really <laughs> rich, really jady, and it's got a lot of big bloom florals. It's a big, loud, blousy printed wallpaper on all the walls. Do I spy the Graham and Brown wallpaper of the year? Yes, it is. I think it's called Bloomsbury. You're so right. yeah. the flowers are in, it's sort of big, blousy flowers, my favourite, <laughs> in stripes. But in fact, it's almost 3D, isn't it? The detail on the flowers looks like it's you a bit could photographic, sort of pick I suppose. Them. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, this is a small space, as we've already established on a previous episode. This is a, a very compact bijou, little terrace cottage in the heart of Brighton. And for me, I feel when you've got small spaces, you can just go really full on with them and just almost ramp up the colour, ramp up the pattern and just make them a really joyous space to be in. 
I've got rid of the white ceiling as well. Yeah, that was well that was my previous design crime, wasn't it? That yes. I had white ceilings in here, especially when they're teamed with dark wall colours. So what I've done is I've gone to Mylands, who are a British paint manufacturer, and actually asked them to match a paint colour to the background colour of the wallpaper, but which is good But talk me tip. through that, because I saw on your stories that actually you painted the whole... You had this paint matched. Mm. You then painted the whole room in it and the ceiling and then you've put wallpaper on top. Yes. What's that about? Well, there's just a really good decorator's trick because you'll see as well here, because it's quite an old property, there isn't a straight line in here. There's all kinds of weird mouldings and odd corners and lumpy walls. So the idea is by painting the walls in the background colour of the wallpaper, you're never going to get any little slices of white showing through or any joins. Oh, so well, it I just see. means when so you're papering now... the whole room, it's much more easier for the decorator and you get a more professional finish. So I'm now going to spend the next 20 minutes while you're talking trying to spot the joys. You won't find any. Saying? You won't find oh, any. I might. <laughs> <laughs> but there are still, that said, there's butterflies. Still yeah, got the butterfly yeah. motif that's well, carried on. Well, you know, the, the cottage is called the birdcage, so I wanted it to feel fun and feminine. There's no birds in here. There are birds upstairs. I'll show you those in a minute. But yeah, still some butterflies in here. It's really pretty though, isn't it? It's lovely. So there's the green ceiling, the maximalist floral wallpaper, lots of clashing cushions and this rug. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Fantastic kind of busy leopard print carpet that I've had made to measure. And this is a really good tip as well, actually, because I wanted to create quite a large area rug, which all the items of furniture can sit on. So we've got two sofas and an armchair. And it's really hard to get a rug the right size, especially when you've got little spaces like this. So alternative flooring have made me a rug to my specifications and then just whip the edges. So it's basically a piece of carpet. Yeah. That you've had the carpet. edges hem. So it's, it's much more affordable way of getting a big rug, actually, isn't it? Well, it, uh, the more important thing to me is I'm getting it the exact size I want. Yeah. I yeah. can dictate exactly the dimension. So the, the feet, this is the tip, the feet of the sofas and the armchair sit on top of the rug so you don't get that rug island scenario. With and the coffee table ship yeah, sailing down the middle. Nobody's <laughs> tripping over it. And also you get a really big chunk of pattern because I think if you're going for this maximalist look, it's pattern on pattern on pattern. You can't stop. You've got to go all the way. That's the difficulty, isn't it? Because I've just had two of my chairs reupholstered in quite a 1970s sort of big daisy print. And I had a patterned rug that wasn't big enough. And then I had my old zebra rug, which was in there as well. And it just wasn't working for me. And actually, the mad husband said it was doing his head in. Um, he, he wasn't quite that polite. Um, but so I've decided that I might pair it back because I probably can't do pattern on pattern on pattern. So, I so you'll go the I other need, way. I'm going to go the other way and tone it back. I don't mind lots of different colours tonally. So from burgundy through to very pale pink and a dark green through to a very pale green. But the full-on pattern layering is a little bit too much for me. And it's in my library. I mean, it's a room full of books, so we call it a library. Sounds a bit poncy. <laughs> but it's not, for me, it's not restful. So I really like it in here because we're feeling energised and yeah, we're recording the podcast. this is not restful, podcast, is it, but... either. So I think that's a, that's a really important key point. You want to think about how you're going to use the room. Yeah. So for you in your library or living room at home, it's a place to relax and unwind. This is a party house. This yeah. is a holiday let in the centre of Brighton. We get lots of Hindus, lots of 40th birthday parties. So when I was designing it, I want it to feel bright, uplifting, energising, fun. Yeah. fun, flamboyant, a bit mad. So by mixing loads and loads of patterns together, 
you get that energy and that kind of like friction, if you like, of all the different colours and patterns jostling together. And I notice you've got some material laid over one of the sofas. So the sofa at the moment has the sort of throw on it, which is actually very similar to the wallpaper. So for me, Another little that's almost floral. quite restful. That works because the colours are the same. But you've got something that's quite <laughs> geometric. Well, I really like the Linwood Amiga Velvets. They're great. They're 100% polyester, so they're really durable, which is something well, lots of people have to think about in their homes, but I really have to think about it in a holiday let. Um, so as a velvet, they're, they're, and I could get it scotch guarded and, um, you know, it's just good for keeping off the red wine and things like that. But what's great about the Linwood range, they do these incredible patterns. And that's a geometric. I mean, that is psychedelic, isn't it? That it fabric. is psychedelic, but I think where it works is because it's all... I don't, it's almost, a, it's not quite a harlequin, but it's very geometric. We'll show you a picture of it. It's jazzy. It's what? Jazzy. It's jazzy. <laughs> yes. Nice. Um, where it works, though, is in contrast to the sort of really bold florals. So you can have bold geometrics and bold florals together in tonal colours. Yeah, I like doing that. And I, like, I like mixing stripes, geometrics, and then really blousy florals. And I think sometimes the stripes and the geometrics can make a floral look a bit smarter and less feminine, if yeah, you like. It adds yeah. a bit of edge. Sort of punk it up a bit. And I like the fact that the leopard is in its natural colours. Yeah, well, it's I just it's a neutral, um, isn't it? It is. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I'm going quite that far, but I slightly struggle with the pink leopard print and the blue leopard print. Oh, you and like the it non- in its natural state? I like oh, it in its you? natural state, oh, really? yes. That and the zebra. How conservative. Well, mm, sorry about that. I feel I should apologise. Look, spin round as well, because actually this is an area, now we're looking at the little kitchenette area. This Just at the our, end of the room. And this was this all This is black. where I've gone quite quiet. So this was a black gloss with quite jazzy cut glass handles. And I've kind of like toned this right down. This is a very, very, very dark forest green. Is this the green of your kitchen? It's actually, it's not the same. What it, I actually got the tiles from Capietra, which were a dark They're green. They're sort of British racing green, aren't they? Yeah. Square. Fashionable. Yeah, square, but done in a brick bond pattern. We're moving away, aren't we, from the rectangular pattern tiles, I think. I think they are. Generally is a trend. But they've got a lovely handmade wobbly feel about them as well, which I really like. But again, Mylan's matched the door cupboard paint colour to the tiles. Okay. So my idea here is actually the kitchen slightly recedes and disappears into the corner yeah. of the room. So your eye is focused on the wallpaper and the cushions and the sofa and the kitchen area is quiet. And it's not camouflage, but it kind of like, I think the dark colour helps create a sense of space. It kind of pulls your eye to the back of the room. Well, and also... You know, when it's such a small kitchen, it's not there because you're admiring the cabinetry Mm. or the beautiful stuff on display. It's small, it's practical, so it doesn't need to be centre stage. You know, it's quite nice if it recedes into the background. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and again, these are just Howden's carcasses, so nothing special. We've got the doors made especially, which is always my sort of upsell on a factory kitchen. And then I got these handles from Dowsling and Reynolds that look just a little bit more vintage. They're kind of like a gunmetal grey. Yeah, nice. So it looks a lot posher than what it cost. I'm clever like that. (laughs) Which is always the aim, isn't it? (laughs) We'll have a look upstairs. Has much changed upstairs? Yeah, come on. Because you're going to make me do those stairs. Has it all changed? No, just one room, the master bedroom. One set of stairs. pretty fabulous. (laughs) Even if you do say so yourself. I don't want to go up there. Go up there. They're very narrow. (laughs) And I've got very flary trousers on. I might trip. Well, it's gone all very pale. It's very pale and neutral. This is my kind of room. 
<laughs> that this is jazzy, isn't this? This is the birdcage. This is the birdcage. So this is a really incredible wallpaper by a company called Divine Savages, who are a great small British brand. I absolutely adore everything they do. But this to me is the ultimate birdcage wallpaper. We've got flamingos and parrots and parakeets and cockatoos and toucans, all kind of flying out of this black and white geometric cage print it is it's sort of black and white diamonds isn't it with the birds weaving in and out so mm. some are behind and and some are in front and then the odd oh actually they're not leaves they're more feathers oh there are leaves in it there's a few kind of jungle leaves as well yeah and uh, you know again this is a small compact bedroom but i've gone for this very large scale print very strong very graphic and on all the walls yeah Absolutely. So, I think that's the key, isn't it? I'm yeah. not sure I could sleep in here, but it's very beautiful. <laughs> You're doing sleep very well after a few cocktails, Kate, I'm sure. <laughs> and then I've kind of like changed the paintwork in here. We've got this sort of lovely rich blue on the shutters in the window, which I, I just think this window is really that's nice. That's your colour, isn't it? That it is, cobalt it's blue. Smalt, it's the smalt from um, Little Green, that one. But um, I think this window is a really nice feature. It's an original sash window with shutters. So again, I think think about what your home's best points are and then pull them out in a strong poppy colour. So that's why I've gone really bright on the shutters. Then you'll notice all the architraves and skirts are just all in the white. so They blend away. But it, it's also really interesting because I think for years, it comes back to my banning of white paint. For years, we've had this notion that doors and windows should just be painted in white and they sort of either disappear or you're, you're trying not to make a feature of them. But actually, that's a really pretty window with little panes of glass and the original shutters. So why not paint it in a really strong colour and say, look, here's the window. Oh, and there's just one thing to come in here. I'm getting a bright canary yellow velvet headboard to finish this room off. Oh, because I was going to say yellow is your is yeah, your red but, thread, isn't it? Well, yeah, and actually in this house, I think the little bit of black and white's a bit of a thread. Even though I've got rid of the black downstairs, there's still going to be hints of the black and white downstairs through to the wallpaper here. You've already seen the wet room and the bedrooms upstairs which have a black and white. So I think yeah. that's a common thread. And then um, we've got the yellow tiles next door in the bedroom. Yeah. So I felt to bring that yellow through into a headboard in this room just connects those two rooms really nicely. You always have a bit of yellow, I don't do you? I love a bit so, of yellow. And, yeah. you know, the brighter, the better. The larrier yeah. and canarier, the yellow. better. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be velvet, is it? Yeah, and again, I think that's another way to connect. So the furniture downstairs is velvet and then yeah. bringing the same fabric up into the bedrooms just helps create a thread throughout the house. Well, I think that's the point, isn't it? We often talk about this red thread as a colour, but actually it's as much about a textile as anything mm. else. So it can be a bit of velvet in every room or a certain type of wood or or a metallic. It does. It's not just limited to a colour that you bring throughout. Yeah, and especially in small properties like this, where there's a lot, let's be honest, there's a lot going on. To stop it looking completely psychotic, <laughs> I think having those... Your word, Sophie, your word, not mine. Those threads of colour and threads of texture that help link the rooms together while they've all got their own different personality is a good trick. And this white on this wall by the basin, mm. is that is that a white or is that Yeah, something? I mean, it's not pure brilliant white. I just literally um, got, again, it's a little green colour. I think it's called flint, but I actually just matched it to the background colour of the wallpaper. Right, that's and that's the same as the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't do the ceiling yeah. in that very nice pale pink of that cockatiel well, over yeah, there. Could do. That could that be would nice. be nice. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yes. Just saying. I don't know. I thought about doing a yellow ceiling, but then I thought that might make you start feeling a bit nauseous. 
lying in bed looking at a yellow ceiling. After one or two cocktails, yeah. one or two pina coladas well, and a yellow ceiling. <laughs> yeah, that the... ceiling could look pretty, couldn't I it? I think it would be nice just, you know, because I have banned white paint and you I are am. disobeying me on I this front. I am disobeying you here. Hmm. But, my, so, but I'm justifying because there's white in the wallpaper. Is that not allowed? No, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll take a view on that. <laughs> So the bathroom's the same. Bathroom's the same. We've, oh, well, no. We know, there the were bath- floor sagas. Yeah, there was floor sagas. So one of the, yeah, there's always a saga, isn't there, with property? Nothing straightforward. Basically, our builder was just going to, like, strip out a bit of loose grout and regrout it because some of the tiles looked like they were getting wobbly. But when he started getting in there, it appeared that the wet room had actually been leaking. Mm. And water had been getting under the tiles and the tanking at some point due to repairs had been compromised and the floor was rotten. You were so lucky the whole thing hadn't come down on the yeah. floor below. Yeah, interestingly, it had it hadn't, but the but the, very the marine ply underneath the, the wet room was really soft and powdery. So really? all of that had to come out. And we've put down a new... Do you want to see the floor? It's actually quite nice. It's quite different. We had natural slate stone before. Which was black. Which was kind of black. But what was interesting is when we did this wet room 10 years ago, finding tiles that are non-slip was actually really hard, which is why I went for a natural slate, because it has that grip. But now, 10 years later, you can get plenty of tiles that are suitable for wet rooms because I think wet rooms are just so much more popular. So this particular tile is from Tops. It's a ceramic tile, but it looks like... Well, it looks like wood. wood. It looks like wood. It looks like distressed black wood. It's really effective, isn't it? It, it really, really does look like wood, actually. As I stand by the door, I would absolutely assume that's a wooden floor. It's only when I see it going into the shower that you think, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> but it's they yeah. do it by photography don't they so that's why it looks so yeah. realistic yeah and it's and it's actually got quite a nice rough texture which means if you're paddling around here with wet feet you're not yeah, gonna not slip on your bum but the, the moral of this story i feel i feel there should be a moral is that you really do need to try and have a contingency bit of budget because you just never know particularly when you're doing kitchens and bathrooms yeah. you never know what's lurking never, behind no and you know thank god you you were able to sort it out because that's quite a big job it was out a and sorting massive job and obviously it impacted on the well I booked out two weeks so we got no bookings for two weeks and I had Luke here and he did so many late nights to get it ready for the guests who had already booked in and arriving you see so, so he had, had to do to all do the decoration yeah. that he'd already been booked to do plus replace this floor yeah so yeah it's pretty there, there's always something I owe him isn't one there? yes Let's put it that way <laughs> <laughs> You owe him a design makeover in his own house. Yeah, perhaps. I think so. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. I think you know, that's it. I've been very blessed. I've got some really great people who help me out. But I'm not giving his number to anybody. Sorry. It's all mine. <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get it, people. Don't worry if you're in the southeast. we're talking renovations and refreshes seems a good time to remind you of our facebook group the great indoors podcast which is a gold mine of advice and discussion <laughs> on all things interiors so like current heated debates include what flooring to use in a garage that's about to be converted to a gym Oh, mm, whether it's okay ever to have short curtains no (laughs) Uh, there's lots of antique hunting tips and Kate you might like to know that Joanna Gibb is asking for a recommendation for a good off-white paint clearly doesn't realise you banned it well (laughs) off-white I will allow off-white depends what's going on in the rest of the room though I mean you know what is this with people having their own opinions all the time (laughs) 
course, you can also reach us on Instagram where I'm mad about the house and she's, drum roll, I've remembered, <laughs> Sophie Robinson Interiors. <laughs> A full 12 months later. I'm holding this grip, to be fair. <laughs> No, I've got it right. Now, what are we talking about now? We're talking about fashion rules applied to interiors. Mm. What does that mean? Well, it was your idea. You tell us. Oh, yes, good point. (laughs) (laughs) I've not been well. I've not been well, you know. I'll tell you why it sparked, because I've often said that, you know, where the catwalk starts, the cushions will follow. And I spent actually quite a long time, nearly eight years ago, trying to make a name for the blog around catwalk and cushions, but I failed, so it's mad about the house. I anyway, think that was probably just as well. I think perhaps it was. <laughs> but I had a press release through from our sponsors, John Lewis and Partners, and they were talking about the little black chair as a sort of interiors accessory. So, of course, it's that time of year you start thinking about the little black dress. And that made me, you know, think about the link between fashion and interiors. And... I suppose you, you've you used this very strong, we don't know what kind of shade of green it is. Yeah, um, Tilly Emerald JD green yeah. thing. But the other colourway of this wallpaper is a sort of neo-mint, isn't it? Which yeah. is absolutely the new millennial pink, I think. Right. And obviously... Who was it? Was it WSGN said it was their colour of the 2020? Yes. The tra- anyway, big it fashion was forecasters. No, it was them. And they were right. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes people come up with a colour and it just doesn't take. As in, it doesn't cross over. It doesn't cross over or people don't really adopt it. But actually, do you know which colour didn't do that? That Pantone ultraviolet didn't do that. We no. saw like Marc Jacobs was doing like electric purple stilettos. Mac was doing like an electric purple lipstick. But we never really no, saw that take off in interior it. design, did we? That bright purple. But that sort of mint colour is absolutely colourful. And it's in fashion as well. So, and you start to notice these things. I was on the tube the other day, and I suppose about six months ago, you would walk through the tube, and a lot of the big poster adverts had a sort of pale pink background. Mm. And I was walking through the other day, and I suddenly noticed that loads of them have got this kind of minty coloured background, and the pink has gone. And that's in advertising. So you see how it permeates through, which I thought was really interesting because that is a colour that's absolutely grabbed. But, I mean, we do, you know, I don't know which one comes first. Do we walk down the high street and see all the clothes and then start putting it in our interiors? I think, you know, obviously there are these big global brands like Pantone, WGSN, to name but a few, who are big global trend forecasters. The thing is, the fashion industry can pick it up much quicker and get it on the rails, I suppose, faster than the interiors business. And I think fashion trends tend to move a little quicker when we're investing in trends for our home. They kind of hang around for a few years. You know, it's because we're not redecorating, are we, sort of like two or three times a year and like you might update your wardrobe more often. So I think we do see it on the catwalk first for that same reason. But it's not to say that people don't want to apply their love of pattern and colour and sense of style to their home too. And I think we're just seeing more people develop their own personal style from their wardrobe and in their homes and seeing that link. I mean, there's that hashtag, isn't there, on Instagram. Is it called Dress... Dress Like You Decorate, I think. Yes, Dress Like You Decorate. But there's lots of people posting pictures of their outfit in their hallways or in their living room going, look, there is a real symbiosis between what I choose to wear and what I choose to have in my home. I mean, I've always said that as advice. If you're really stuck on a colour scheme, start by looking in your wardrobe because if you're comfortable wearing it, you'll be comfortable living in it. And I do think that, you know, there will obviously be people who say, oh, I love wearing this colour, but I wouldn't want to live in it. And it's like you keep your 
pops of yellow actually to quite small things mm. rather than painting big yeah, walls Yeah, and I do them. that in my but, home. And also, like, I'd wear a yellow pair of earrings or a yellow pair of sandals. You wouldn't catch me in a yellow dress, I don't think. That would just be too much yellow. It doesn't really suit my colouring. i have to go back through your Instagram feed and double check on that. <laughs> but, yes, let's, let's go with that. Yeah. But I actually... I think I do it the other way around. Well, you're wearing your house today, aren't you? You're in a deep burgundy suit. I do quite often wear my house. But the question is, which one comes first? So we did our loft conversion probably five and a half, six years ago. And I knew I wanted a navy blue sofa, navy blue sofa bed, which I've got. And at the time, there was no navy in my wardrobe. I hadn't worn navy since school you know, it was all about the black. So I don't really know where the navy blue sofa came out of. But actually, it's taken me five years. Suddenly, my wardrobe is beginning to fill with navy. Oh, interesting. So I've gone the other way around. And I've had, obviously, my burgundy spotty stair carpet I've had for nearly 10 years. And now, yes, here I am (laughs) in my burgundy suit. So I'm the exception that proves the rule. I do it in my house first, then I wear it. Do you? Oh, well, you're going to love this. I haven't shared this with you yet. I um, bought last summer a really fabulous jumpsuit from H&M in very classic GP&J Baker chintz. It's called Magnolia. It's mental. I loved it. You want, oh, I know where you're going you with You know this. where I'm going with that because this week I finally, <laughs> finally committed to ordering my new sofa and it is going to be in that GP&J Baker Magnolia print. That's going to be such a good photograph. We'll I mean, come in to record the podcast and we won't know where you are. I can camouflage myself. <laughs> yes, I wear my I jumpsuit that. on my matching sofa. But you also, we must dig out that picture, you have got a dress that's the same as my spotty stair cup. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. I can match anyone's home, really. I've got such an eclectic wardrobe. I think wherever I go. No, I really can't, though. But um, I, it is interesting, you know, which one comes first. And I have taken the wardrobe analogy further, actually, and perhaps listeners can help me with more more shops to fit into this. I would say that, you know, if you like to dress in maybe jeans and a pair of biker boots and a sparkly top for evenings, then, you know, you probably like to shop in anthropology. So you like quite brightly coloured interiors, you like a pom-pom, you like a sequin, a bit of sort of boho eclectic style. Well, they help you out, don't they, anthropology, because they do the clothes and the home furnishings. But also, if perhaps you prefer, you know, if your ideal shop is somewhere like Kos, which is Scandinavian, quite minimal, colour blocking, I'm almost certain you would really like mid-century modern furniture. So I think there is a correlation. Like a made.com Yeah, I think there's a correlation between the style of clothes you wear and the style of furniture you like, and it's not just limited to colours. I think there's something in that. No. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was researching this topic, I had a little look at some tried and tested fashion rules, and I thought it would be fun to flick through some of those and argue whether the fashion rules could also work as interior design rules. Mm, You imply we're going to have an argument. First up, first up, how about this well-known quote from Coco Chanel? Before you leave the house... You should look in the mirror and take one piece of jewellery or accessory off. What do you think of that one? Because I've definitely never abided by that rule. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I thought you (laughs) would. I quite often do. I'm forever putting on, you know, a jaunty little scarf and going, no, I'll take that off. Really? Yeah, I do. I do that. So, and I think I probably do do that with interiors. We were talking at the beginning of the programme about how I was 
you were layering pattern on pattern on pattern mm. and I'd gone so far and then screeched to a halt and reversed. And then started taking it out. And then started the taking away. things out again. Mm. So um, I think that absolutely it's a, it's an inter- It's me. an interesting one. Actually, funny enough, when I'm styling photo shoots, quite often what I like to do is I put everything in and then I start stripping it out. Because yeah. quite often it's really funny when the client's there and I'm putting everything in and they're like, oh, and I can see them twitching <laughs> going, oh, 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 is it a bit much? I'm like, yes. But I need to see it all and then I can start taking yeah. it out. So I yeah, maybe I maybe I would use that rule then. So we, we go with that rule, right? What's yeah. your next rule? So leopard is a neutral. Well, we've Which I've already established, that. haven't I? Today? Oh, I think it's a neutral when it's in its natural Just, yes, savannah okay. habitat. <laughs> Um, I am never going for the, the coloured printed leopard print. But I think, you know, I, I love using leopard print in my own wardrobe. Pair of pumps, I've got leopard print heels, trainers, handbags, and it does really go with everything. I have not a single piece of leopard in my wardrobe. more of a zebra girl? More of a zebra girl, but I remember going to a party actually at the beginning of the year. It was an event for a brand. And I walked in and I wasn't, I wasn't late, but I would have thought at least two thirds of the people were already there when I arrived. I was the only woman in the room not wearing some form of leopard. Oh, I was wow. immensely pleased with myself. You must have been thrilled. I was thrilled. But so, I mean, yes, it, 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 that's a print that's You don't see it storm. so much in people's homes, but I like it. It adds a bit of edge, even if it's just a cushion or a vase I think you need to keep dish. it quite small. You do need to keep it quite small. Otherwise it can go a bit... Bet Lynch. Bet Lynch. Yeah. Yes. See, I'm actually I'm all for the Bet Lynch look, but it is a committed. I think style, I think it's probably agreed print. that leopard is a neutral in the way that I would say zebra is a neutral because that's effectively black and white stripes. Yeah. So yeah, we'll go with that. Just it's not for everybody. Okay, here's another fashion rule: invest in a good pair of shoes. She's looking blank at me, but I do. <laughs> I actually have. I think the concept of investing in a good pair of shoes is they're classic, they're timeless, they're comfortable. Yeah. And actually, even though you want to dress and look fabulous, essentially there's nothing worse than an uncomfortable pair of shoes. It will ruin your day. And I think similarly, invest in a good, a good sofa, sofa. Yeah. A good mattress. You know, something that you live with every day that really affects your experience of a space. Affects and your it's comfort. what I think it's identifying the most important piece of furniture in the room and then making sure you spend as much as you can afford on it. So if it's a kitchen, you should buy the best appliances you can afford at the time. If you cook. If you cook, because they will last. If it's a bedroom, buy the best mattress you can afford. Yes, if it's the sitting room, buy the best sofa you can afford, because that's what that room is, is primarily for. But you could also turn that round and it could be buy the best pair of shoes, but also, you know, look at the details. You know, you're, you're buying shoes which are a nice detail to finish off the outfit. So look at your light switches or look at the small details. Oh, is, isn't that getting onto the... I always think of the light switches and the hands like the jewellery of the room. Oh, OK. That's why I always put them into that different category. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> which actually is another rule, another fashion There's rule. There's a lot of rules. Is um, only one metallic. I'm not even sure that the fashion fraternity really abide by that anymore. It sounds a bit old-fashioned. No, fashioned. I think people probably would wear gold and silver I now. And also we had that conversation with we Michelle Agunderhead. And she said you can have two. Two. Any so two, go. but only two. That was quite a quite a rulish rule. <laughs> <laughs> Another one is, oh, I like this one, matching shoes, bag and belt. Do you remember that? That's very 1950s, isn't it? 
to match your shoes to your bag to your bag. I think, but I keep seeing that. I think that's going to come back, that look. You know, for Do a while you, really we, we had to go the opposite way and completely not match shoes and bags because it looked a bit too twee. Yes. And now it's coming back to it. But I mean, I think that will always be maybe like all fashion. Is that a rule or is that taste? Because there's definitely, you're creating a look if your bag matches your shoes. But I would never advocate the buying of a three-piece suite. <gasps> See. So there you so go. So in interiors, the matchy-matchy is still very no-no-no, isn't yes. it? You don't want to match your bed linen to your curtains, for example. Do you remember that was a very 1980s thing to do? Curtains matching if... the valance. Yes, and the duvet cover yeah. and the whole thing. But that said, it's all cyclical. Yeah, do you think so it's going to be back? Maybe or we can have a paper border to match in too. <laughs> the return of the three-piece suite. Who's in? <laughs> So our final topic for this episode is a general discussion around dining at home and entertaining. Tis the season and Tis all that. After all, yes. Drinks parties, supper parties, and obviously the big Christmas lunch. Um, so I just thought we'd talk about, you know, how do you style up your dining table when you have your friends over for supper? It's back to this word style up, isn't it? You know, we used to just call <laughs> it pudding. We used to just call it pudding. Or like, how, do you, how do you, how do you lay, lay the table? table? <laughs> I don't, there's a, there are whole swathes of Instagram dedicated to, you know, table styling and laying. And I, I don't know, I just like to make sure I've got enough room for the food. That's always going to be really? my first So you're priority. literally like plate, knife and fork and yeah. then a napkin. I like nap- a linen oh, you do, napkin. Oh, you like a linen I do napkin. like a linen Do you have napkin. a ring? Well, I did growing up. I had a silver one with my initials on it. Um, I don't know where it's gone now. <laughs> my mother's got it somewhere, but no, I'm a bit folded. Just a folded. Just a folded napkin. Yeah, I don't know that feel a little outdated napkin rings. Yeah. I don't see them used. I think maybe it's because that very formal table setting thing still isn't come back in vogue, well, it? goes it? to the dining room, It's a very it? Jamie um, Oliver supper, everything splashed out on a chopping board in the middle of the table type and I wonder approach which- to dining. Which came first, though, because obviously there were lots of dining rooms and then the dining room has fallen out of favour. Mm. Partly... It's become the home office, in my case. It's become the home office, yeah. it's become an extra sitting room, it's or become it's just a had music the ball room. Down. That was the other thing. So we've moved into this kind of open plan. Kitchen, Kitchen. supper, dining, yes. yeah. Which um, I'm told, I, I may have mentioned this before, stop me if I'm boring you, I think it's a good fact. Um, the Danes lay claim to have invented that and called it the conversation kitchen, that big open plan mm. space where everybody can sit at the table and chat and someone's cooking and yeah, there's the, lots the cooking going isn't, on. Isn't it's that isolated. kind of family. Yes, mm. exactly. Whereas the French don't like that and they will if they've only got sort of choice of two places to dine, they will put the table in the sitting room and have a living dining space and keep the cooking separate. They will choose not to they eat in the kitchen. They don't want to look at their pots and pans. They don't want to, which also makes sense. So it's personal preference, right, at the end of the day, do you I think? I think it is. But there was definitely a story floating around a few years ago where they said the dining room was dead. And I wonder yes. now, it might be one of those things that Instagram brings it back because everybody's spending so much time styling their table. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must admit, when I'm having friends over for supper, not a lot of effort goes into styling the table because, quite frankly, I'm putting enough effort into the kitchen. Yeah. I'm not going to be well, you, And you don't love cooking, let's be true. Let's well, there you go. The whole thing's a bit of an effort at the best of times. But I think when there's those special occasions, Christmas is coming up, oh, yeah, 
I do like to put a bit of effort into my Christmas styling table, I have to say. Yeah, and it's just, it's just all, but you know, I'm very Christmas, Kate. You know, I love embracing, <laughs> you know, the tinsel and the holly and the sparkly lights and all the cacophony of baubles and glitter and tat. I love it. So if I can get it all over my dining table too, then brilliant. I tend to kind of like use, I do have a best set of china actually. Do, do. you? Yeah, I do. I really don't. Which comes out uh, for Christmas, which is a pattern. It's a Wedgwood pink. Classy. Yes. <laughs> and the linen napkins, as I've said. But then I think for me, it's like I like to bring in some greenery and foliage from the garden, lay it down the middle of the table. I twist a few fairy lights through that. And then lots and lots of scattering of little tea lights. I've just got little Ikea tea, dish, tea light dishes, but loads of them because it's all about creating the twinkle. Because by the time I, I we do have like, I do appreciate do, a pretty table. That do said, you? yes, I do. But you wouldn't even put well, a vase of flowers on your. No, I probably table. would, but then I then end up having to move it to make way for all the <laughs> so food. <practical. laughs> oh, you see, I have a serving table at Christmas. Oh, get so you! The food... you got to host Death Trolley. Let's <laughs> go oh, back to really Death Trolley. Host Death Trolley. I've got to get one of those. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I had some a really good friend growing up. And they were quite posh, mm. I think it's safe to say. And they had a tea trolley and at four o'clock every day, it got wheeled in with tea, with a proper tea cosy and a homemade cake, got wheeled into the drawing room and we had tea and cake. Did you actually I grow up with my them. grandmother? That's what she had. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, on normal days, when it was just my grandmother, my mother and me, there was just a tray with a teapot uh, that was carried in at half past four every afternoon. But at the weekend or if there were guests or other family members, then the trolley came out, this dark wooden trolley yeah, that I was wheeled trolley. in. And there was, trolley. she would make, my grandmother, I think she would probably make a cake every Monday morning, usually coffee and walnut cake. And she would make rock biscuits as well. Rock I cakes. Think. Rock cakes, mm. yes. And she would make them on a Monday and they would just be served throughout the week. With Brilliant. your cup of tea in the afternoon. See, I like that. I like that old-fashioned tradition. I think we've got to bring it back. She was very wedded to the timings, though. I remember <laughs> once when we didn't live with her anymore and we went round to visit and we turned up at about four o'clock and my mother said, oh, I'm really thirsty. I'd really like a cup of tea. And my grandmother said, well, dear, that's handy, isn't it? You can have one in half an hour. Oh, you have to wait <laughs> half an hour. Oh, I love that. Oh, yes. And would you before. have, like, the whole, like, teacup and saucer? Oh, yeah. And sugar bowl? Yes. And creamy. And and, and, and little And, and sugar tongs. lumps and tongs. And that was the next thing, because the first thing was my mother turned up and demanded a cup of tea at four o'clock. And then a few months later, and I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, she turned up and she said, well, I can't wait. I'll make a cup of tea now. I'll just use a mug. And I think my grandmother, I thought she was going to have an attack of the vapours. <laughs> <laughs> a mug and a tea bag. <laughs> Whatever is this world coming to? She was appalled. But Quite it was right all very too. regimented by meals because then, you see, there would be... She would have a pink gin at 7 o'clock every evening. Lovely. Um, and listen to the archers. I and think there was I might uproar. turn into... Is this your mother or your grandmother? My grandmother. I think I might but be But then they moved the archers from 7 o'clock, I think, to 7.15 or something. Oh, or she'd gosh. always had a drink at quarter to 7 and they moved it. She had to wait longer for oh the gin. Oh, my gosh, of it course. It was trouble. <laughs> but, but that's why... But have you taken on any of these traditions yourself? Or is, is dining a la Watson Smythe now quite relaxed? I think it's probably, you know, much more relaxed. I do, I have hung on to the napkin. I do like a napkin. But no, I don't think we do formal Candles. dinings. 
Only when people are coming round. I'm a catastrophist. I find candles oh, God, quite terrifying. Oh, God, don't get me wrong. I'm not setting the table candles just for supper with me, Arthur and Tom. But, you know... I if bet you, you if... are, aren't you? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, God. No, it's very slovenly most of the time around my gaff. But, yeah, I suppose that's why I think, you know, if there is a sense of occasion, the way you dress dress your home. Do you know what I do at Christmas? You're going to love this. My son, Arthur, who's eight, absolutely. He's already asked me, mum, can we put... I feel like he's been eight for a long time. Are you sure he's not nine he's yet? Nine in April. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't don't you going. start. He keeps asking me when his birthday is. <laughs> I don't need you to go on about it as well. Um, we are, you know those um, like fold-out paper balls you can get? They're quite large. They're like concertina. Tish- are they made out of tissue paper? I have and they no fold idea what you're talking and about. And you open them out and they're like giant paper ball lantern oh, type things. Decorations these and they're really light and then I get these tiny little command strip hooks which I strongly recommend for anyone who is as obsessed with decorating the house for Christmas as I am because you can hang up all kinds of stuff to your walls and ceilings and they're removable and they don't strip the paint away unlike blue tack or tape so we have hundreds of those on the ceiling above the table and then I do a whole stretch of multicolored paper balls down the length of the table of the dining room on the ceiling but he enjoys it because he gets to stand on the table and do it so for him this is like maximum awesome fun hanging up the paper balls to the ceiling so that's one tradition we've got in our home and then bringing the colour down onto the table as I said oh homemade crackers as well something I'm going to try this year I think I've done homemade crackers. Homemade crackers. With no plastic tat inside. I'm having a real big push on none of that plastic rubbish this Christmas. So I'll think about putting little homemade chocolates or something like that in my crackers, I think, this year. That's nice. Are you going to write some jokes? What about the hats? You can buy all that. You can buy the hats to pop in, the little tissue paper hats. You can get those separately. You can get kits to make your own crackers. But yeah, just all that pointless plastic rubbish got to put an end to that so yeah I'm kind of yeah I'm fully embracing I've got loads of people coming around for Christmas so it's all going to be a bit make do I'll probably bring the garden chairs in from our side <laughs> I think we might have as many as 12 people so yeah it all looks a bit disheveled and hodgepodge but I, I think, think by the time nice, you've got the wine it? going yeah. and you've got enough people in there then it kind of disguises the fact that not, it doesn't have to be perfect And I think sometimes the more baubles and the more foliage and the more kind of decoration, you can detract from the fact that none of the chairs match, none of the china matches. And I also, I I feel very resentful on behalf of people who feel that pressure to be perfect. Yeah. You know, it is just a big roast lunch at the end of the day. (laughs) And, you know, everybody's got an excuse to start drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, let's go for it and it should be more relaxed. And just make sure you get help if you're cooking for lots of people. But How obviously, do you do that? Are... How do you get help? Who are you getting help? Well, you have to order people around, yeah. children and aunts and things. Yeah. Delegation. You know, I'm quite good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a little design crime for you this episode, Kate, which I know you're going to completely relish. You know your mate, Marie Kondo? Oh, my friend, oh, yes. your friend, your friend, Marie Kondo, um, who is the big guru about chucking stuff out, having less stuff, not holding on to things, decluttering, yeah. sparking joy. Well, she's just launched her own shopping page on her website, eh? where she's encouraging you to buy stuff. What, <laughs> what are you, what are you, I think I saw that. So what, buy, buy you know, draw to well, ideas. The, the idea is it's all her stuff that sparks joy. But like, for me... Her joy is not the my joy. The is, I just had a quick little flick on there. I haven't hovered. But she's selling a u- kitchen utensil pot for $275. What? What's it made from? Brass. But it should be solid gold, shouldn't it? <clears throat> I think so. Anyway, that's not sparking joy. That's sparking absolute fright. Those prices aren't sparking joy, are they? 
<laughs> yes, no, we'll go with that. Or there was a, or you could have a compost bin for one hundred and seventy five dollars. <gasps> A rubbish bin to put rubbish in. A compost bin. It's not even a big bin. It's a little tiny box to put on your work. What's that made out of? Well, there you are. Fool's gold, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like it. In summary, we have talked about your renovation of your bijou birdcage flat. And I love that tip that if you are using wallpaper on all four walls, please, then have almost like an undercoat mixed or by the closest you can that is the same colour as the wallpaper. Put that on first and then when you wallpaper over the top, you really won't see the joins. And I can say I've been sitting here scrutinising this (laughs) wallpaper for the last 20 minutes and I'm not seeing the joins. So top tip from there. We then went on to talk about connections between fashion and interiors and obviously we know there are lots but if you're feeling uninspired or a bit stuck just take a walk down the high street and see what's going in the windows in terms of new colour combinations or patterns and things that go together and get re-inspired that way. And finally when it comes to hosting whether it's at Christmas or at any other time of the year Don't try to be perfect. You don't need to. Just pour another gin. (laughs) There will, of course, be lots of pictures and links to everything we've talked about on the episode today. So have a look at our blogs. Kate's is madaboutthehouse.com and mine is sophierobinson.co.uk. And if you're able to rate, review and subscribe through your podcast app, please do. It would be absolutely splendid gives us a little boost and do make sure you don't miss the next episode where we will be talking to the culinary genius Rachel Koo and finding out why she's also a design genius as well there are some genuinely jaw-dropping moments for you in that one thanks as always to John Lewis and Partners for sponsoring the show to our producer Kate Taylor and of course to you our lovely listeners and we'll see you in the great indoors <laughs> <laughs>